Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. The buyer's journey is nothing more than a series of questions that must be answered. And that's a quote by Michael Brenner. So I'm super excited to have a chat with Ben Hartley, our guest for today, for oodles of reasons. Uh, before I introduce him, if you don't already know, which would surprise me because everybody knows Ben. <laughs> I just wanna thank you for tuning in and reminding you that at lucydumascoaching.com, you can find a nice little ebook on marketing. You can also find some tips on uh, seven strategies for finding your ideal clients and all that good stuff. So I was on Ben's podcast a few months ago. And first of all, I absolutely love his energy and you are going to as well. And I discovered that his, his tribe just absolutely loves him. And I know you are going to as well. So Ben is the founder of Style and Story, which is in Columbus, Ohio, and it's a wedding photography business. He's been named one of the top 10 photographers in the country in 2017 and 2020. He also offers photographers free coaching inside of his mastermind group, which is awesome and has a weekly six-figure photography podcast to help people get more bookings and more money and also have those limiting belief breaks through. So Ben, thank you so much for being on my show. I know you're a busy guy and it's, you're probably in the thick of wedding season if things have opened up. So hello. Hey, Lucy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're just starting to roll into it here uh, a little bit. So, um, but it feels good. It feels good to be out photographing again. And um, I just, thanks for having me on the, on your show. This is a, this is a real treat. I feel honored to be here. Um, if anyone is curious, if anyone would like to hear uh, what we spoke about, it's episode 165. We, we spoke all about, well, really you spoke all about uh, the why and how of selling wall portraits. And it was a, it was a great conversation because so many, at least in my space, I see a lot of photographers, being able to sell albums, but really struggling with the wall portraits. And so you opened up a lot of great uh, points in that conversation. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm here to serve and save the world from digital and eight by 10 only. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it. I, I don't know if you heard my story. This is not about me, but one of the reasons I started this podcast is I was at the PPA imaging expo yeah, in yeah. I think it was the Atlanta one where they have this long uh, escalator that you can see like three stories from the top to the bottom and there were 11,000 people there and I was like I can help you guys how can I reach you <laughs> and <laughs> then when all this came together and like have a podcast and um so yeah and I know that um it's a it's a really great teaching tool for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. 
and someday I'm going to uh, grow up to be like you and have them recorded live first. <laughs> yeah, the right. video side of things is where I really thrive. I, I, I listen, I love audio, I love the podcast, um, but I, I love the extra dimension of a video of being able to see the expressions, the inflections, the occasional slides or notes that can accompany the education. Um, for me, I, I love the, the live video kind of component of things. Right. And I get a little too, uh, like, what's my hair doing? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. I think we all do. I certainly do as well. And it's been, listen, I've been, I've been doing live videos in my mastermind group. I mean, there was, uh, I've for over two years, I did them for every single day. <laughs> so there's close to a thousand plus live videos of coaching in that group. So listen, I've had a lot of, I've, I've, uh, I've had a lot of practice exercising the demons. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you have this great haircut that just always does what it does. So, <laughs> or maybe you spend hours getting it to look like it's effortless. I do not. I do not. Great. And before we get started, just one other thing, um, um, in looking at Ben's environment and my environment, as we were, you know, saying hello, we could do a whole masterclass on branding because his is like black furniture and simple frames. And he's, I think you're wearing all black today. <laughs> I am. And I've got like an antique dresser behind me and, and the molding, uh, not mold, but the molding in my house. That, you know, the doors and windows are, are well, my house is 100 years old and I'm wearing something that's got a little bit of flowers on it. And, um, but that's another conversation for another day. But I love that, you know, when branding goes right, every little level of what you do shines through. Would you agree with that? Yes, I agree. Could I, which this is an important conversation I think that we need to have with my wife about the car that I drive. I believe <laughs> that my car is currently off brand. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I think I need to get that Tesla Model X. So if you could just send my wife a little memo uh, about this, that would be great. Oh, got it. Yeah, it's all done. <laughs> <laughs> and then because you're a wedding photographer, this actually does fit in this conversation because if you and I were a bridal show, together. I don't know if you remember that I did weddings for 12 years um, as my full-time career and then switched to babies and families and so forth. Uh, so my booth was like wicker furniture and I wore like a, a peach dress with little white flowers and uh, I had a background that was in my color scheme and my logo is kind of, I wouldn't say girly, but there's just it's contemporary, but with a touch of, well, femininity or French something. Sure. And if we were next to each other, I would imagine that you'd have like chrome and black furniture and your handout would be very clean and modern and monochrome and you'd be in your cool black clothes and your wife would be <laughs> in cool black clothes, right? Something yeah, yeah, something along those lines. There's a, yeah, the wedding, there's like a wedding look. There's uh, I think the two different brands that we're talking about, because we've got like the education brand, which is just like the Ben Hartley brand, right? Uh, which is my coaching and the podcast, the education. But then we have Style and Story, which is my wedding photography studio, which is a little bit, it's a little bit dressed up, 
you know, it's a little bit more uh, sleek. Uh, yeah, kind of an aesthetic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe, yeah, there may be a little bit more of a feminine touch with style and story as well. Uh, lots of glass. Yeah, but I imagine for a consumer, if they put it all together, like you couldn't like come into my booth and have it be cohesive or me jump into yours. I am a chameleon. Hey, so. okay. <laughs> well, so do you get, you get what I'm saying is. I get, I get what you said. I, get, yeah, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> yes, now I could jump in your booth and sell your work for sure. But I'm, I'm just saying that um, there's, I think we all have a certain essence. And then when we build it around, uh, you know, our, our visual components, our words, everything built around that sort of essence. Uh, It's how we stand out and how people feel like, okay, I know who Lucy is from this and I know who Ben is from this and, you know, what attracts people anyway. But I'm not here to teach. I'm here to learn along with my my gang. So can you share with me just a really short Cliff Notes version of how you got started, especially if there's a fun story in it? Yeah, I don't know if it's fun, but uh, maybe it'll be slightly relatable. I've been a professional photographer for 11 years, and um, photography is not something that I studied Uh, Back in college, I was an oil painter. So my degree is in like two-dimensional studies, but all I did throughout my college years was just make paintings of people, just figurative paintings. Uh, Oil was my medium. And so um, graduated 2000, was it nine, 2009? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, 2009. And and so the the week that my wife graduated, uh, 2010, you know, we got married. Um, And I'm expressing it because there was a couple of things. There was three strikes against me, I would say, from the financial standpoint uh, of life. Number one, again, oil painter in the Midwest. I'm in Ohio. Um, You know, it's, it's not the most lucrative uh, <laughs> profession mm-hmm. um, for most. I don't, I don't want to get too scarce there, but generally well, speaking, the some second... people have to be dead before they actually get paid well. Yes. <laughs> like um, and then we had the student loans from my wife and I uh, also kind of stacked on top. And then the third strike was um, for that year period of time between when I was graduated and my wife graduated the following year, I was in full time ministry. And so it turns out when you do ministry right, that is also not the most lucrative career. And so <laughs> my wife and I, you know, we're just sitting in our one bedroom apartment in Bowling Green, Ohio. And it was actually Leslie who breathed it into existence, who kind of like spoke the words, what if you were a wedding photographer? Yeah. You know, like she kind of, uh, she created it in a lot of ways. We were just sitting there, we were brainstorming like, well, what if we get a job as a server? I'm like, okay, cool. I'll start applying for a server job. You know, what if we get it? You know, we're just brainstorming all the ways that maybe we can make some money. We can you know, try to get out of, get out of this mess. And, um, and so uh, actually that night uh, I picked up the phone and I reached out to another professional photographer um, that I, I was, I don't know, friends is the right word. I was acquaintances with family, a family friend um, who had done some senior photographs for Leslie. And so, um, so we reached out 
and I really just wanted to connect to 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 kind of pick their mind a little bit mm-hmm. on what is this industry? <laughs> I wasn't yeah. trying to get like industry secrets. I was just trying to understand like, okay, well, if I was to be a photographer, like what would that look like? And maybe, maybe I could, um, yeah, just get a better understanding of what this career could be. And so, um, it was a conversation that I've never forgotten. I, I remember I pace when I talk. Unfortunately for podcasting, I can't pace because I'm locked down on this fantastic mic. But if I could, I'd be pacing right now. <laughs> and so I was pacing back and forth uh, across the the linoleum floor <laughs> of our janky little kitchen. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I'm nervous. And, and I just asked the question, you know, a little bit about uh, photography and and if he wouldn't mind to sharing what it's been like being a, a professional photographer. And, and I'm expecting to hear all kinds of stories or, or maybe even advice of like, hey, man, make sure you get liability insurance yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or a 70 that. to 200 or, or whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah. And, um, and the words that he shared with me were, were much different, but also probably way more motivating for at least the brain that I've been given. Yeah. And um, and so he shared with me, Ben, don't do it. Don't step into this space. Um, I get it. You were an art kid. <laughs> You're uh-huh. good at oil paintings, but just because you go buy a camera doesn't mean you can be, you know, a professional photographer. Not everyone is a photographer. And and this was the exact sentence. You will only bring the industry down, right? So <laughs> and I think I think we've all heard something along those lines oh, yeah. from someone along the way. Right. Yeah, Maybe it so. was like a, a don't do it moment from a parent, you know, and by the way, maybe even like well wishing you like, like they really wanted your best, you know, and they're like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you should go be an accountant. Hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you should go back to school or whatever it is. Um, and that was my don't do it moment. One of many, by the way, I've had a lot of people tell me to not do things, <laughs> but that really set me off on my journey, Lucy. Interesting. So, so two little things. Um, when I started and I needed to supplement uh, my unemployment because I had had a contract canceled that allowed me to, to get some unemployment. I, well, anyway, that's a whole other story, but I, I signed on to help a busy studio that had a coupon program do the children and do bookings. And what I learned was how not to run a business. So Mm. I learned, you know, not just from the people that teach us good things, but people that, you know, we learn from the opposite side. So uh, I I love that story. (laughs) And uh, so I don't know if, if I mentioned, or you've heard me say that my dad was a minister Mm. and one day, when I was busy driving to a wedding, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm working in churches on the weekend. So you still get to work in churches and fields and whatever on the weekends and have your own ministry with photography. Mm-hmm. So have you ever realized that, that you're kind of still, still ministering in a different way? Sure. Yeah. I mean, like life is, uh, just living life, uh, sharing experiences, connecting with people is just an opportunity. Um, every, every chance you get. Yep. Okay. So I have two, 
two things I want to dig into. And one is about how you do your pricing and packaging for weddings. I believe you're selling albums and, and are not a here's all the digitals, good luck to you kind of guy, right? Uh, I, I'm both. Yes. All my clients get all the digitals and I sell albums. Right. So, and then I know you have a lot to say on marketing, but I would love to, to um, just know how you approach packaging or pricing for weddings so that you end up um, where you want to be money-wise and yeah. products. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to know that weddings and portraits, I believed should not just be priced differently, but packaged differently in terms of like the structure, the strategy behind how you do it. So what I shared today shouldn't be taken out of context and then prescribed to, let's say, a boudoir photographer. <laughs> so, because I would actually do things differently. Mm -hmm. um, but with weddings, um, I, I, I do believe that the digitals are uh, in a lot of ways required um, as, a, as a kind of like a minimum um, to tell the whole story of a wedding day. Now, when I said the digitals, you're, you're welcome to break that down in a couple of different directions. You could give them full print release, full high-res you know, JPEGs, um, or you could also, and this is what I used to do, um, you could also only supply them with um, smaller file-sized, um, watermarked. No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say watermarked because because the audience may take it out of context. Not watermarked, but just like a little signature in the bottom right hand corner, small of your brand studio, mm -hmm. um, and the rights that they could share those online, and they could print them up to like four by sixes, and then if they want full high res, no signature on them to print larger work, that they would receive those. Uh, they'd receive that that negative. We'll call it a digital negative. Um, anytime that they um, purchase a print or they include that photograph in their album or something like that. So those are a couple of different ways to approach. So you said you used to do it that way. Mm -hmm. so, and how you do it now is? Everyone just gets everything. The big reason that I changed, I, I, I actually still believe in that, that, that model of uh, solving the problem. Listen, the, the, the client's problem, a wedding client's problem is that they wanna share everything. Right, they they aren't going to go necessarily make a bunch of prints of these things, but they want to share it all, and so you need to solve that problem by making sure that they have bare minimum, uh, smaller like lower resolution, you, you, you know, and that's also debatable. Well, what's lower resolution? Is it nine hundred on the long edge, nine hundred pixels? Is it six hundred pixels? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Don't get too caught up in that. Um, and then, uh, so that's again the minimum. They need to be able to share these images. Um, the reason that I stopped doing it is because in communicating what it is that you're going to get, like what it is that the client is going to get, I realized a couple of things as I've been teaching photographers, I realized that I'm really good at communicating it. And uh, I... The, the more that our studio grew to be more photographers, you know, at one point we had five photographers on our, on our team. Um, and I saw them trying to communicate it and it causing more confusion mm. than good. And the more that I saw photographers that I educate, uh, try to communicate it, but maybe miss a couple points and again, cause more confusion than good. 
Uh, we've learned this. If you've read Donald Miller's building a story brand, if you confuse, you lose. And I was noticing photographers confusing their clients in the process and then missing out on the booking entirely. They weren't missing out on the booking because they weren't providing full high-res digitals of everything. They were missing out on the booking because they were overly confusing the client and trying to explain it. So long story short, I still believe in it. uh, But for the sake of the, the platform and as my street was growing, we just figured it was easy to just not confuse people or or even run that chance. Right. If I were to sell digitals, I would only do the high res. And part of that is for fear that they would go print a 24 by 30 from a very low res file, put it on their walls. People would walk in and go, oh, who did those? Um, My reputation goes with every image that that people see. So, um, it, you know, if that were in my game plan, um, then definitely, you know, get it as big as possible so that, so the results are, are, um, are better. So does, does that make sense to you or is that another? I, I hear that as a, as a concern. It's not my concern though, but it's totally cool that it's your concern. Yeah. I just, I'm not worried about that kind of stuff. Uh, it's like a, for me, I'm just going to be always on the offense versus the defense. People right. are going to go and they're going to screen cap pictures, whether you give them the high risk file or not right. on Instagram, they're going to print stuff off that. Right. Like I have no control over it. I'm not going to waste any of my energy thinking about it. But even as I say that, I'm talking about my energy, right? right. Um, but it's totally appropriate. If that's like something that you're concerned about, then um, no, no bad. I, I, I think those are, those are valid concerns. Do you sell books and things then? Every client. Oh yeah. Every client gets an album. Okay. And so we, we average around $3,000 in profit from print per client. Profit. And Not one of the sale. things, what's that? Not profit, not sales. Correct. Profit. So one of the things that I see uh, happening a lot in the wedding industry is like this over, uh, man, this over uh, energizing of the the subject. Like um, they're making it too electrified. The topic of digitals, high-res files versus print, um, they're agitating it. And in the agitation, it's it's drawing more attention to it than it's needed. For example, like Lucy, if I were to, to tell my, I got three little ones, right? I got a six-year-old and I got two boys that are four, happen to be twins. If I were to tell them, hey, you guys, you're not allowed to go in that door right there. See that door? Don't you dare go in that. Mm. You're not allowed to go in that door. All right, that's a door we don't go in. Uh, you can go in this other door, but you cannot, please don't even think about going in that door. It's like, we're, we're over energizing it. We're like magnifying, we're electrifying it. And now all they can't think about is, well, what's behind the door, dad? I want to know what's behind the door. Why can't, why won't you just show me what's behind the door? Is this, is this a scam? Are you trying to get more? I mean, this is now I'm switching to my clients. Are you trying to get more money? Is this forced? Like, what's the deal? Like, why can't I just have the digital files? And so I see this happening in the industry um, where photographers are over energizing it and it's drawing more attention. Right. So for me, yeah, you get all the digitals, but it's like not even something I talk about. I don't even care to talk about it. It's just like a, yeah, sure. Whatever it's expected, but who cares? I've got something way better to talk about and that's print. So I never spend any energy really talking about the digitals. 
I let them know early on before they're ever a client that, hey, this is a concern that leads have. Um, am I going to get them? It's an initial concern. And so when I'm in the booking process, yeah, you're going to get all the digital files and you can do whatever you want with them. Um, it, that's great. Uh, however, uh, and I, I'll let them know, hey, you can print them. You can print them as big as you want. You can print them from wherever you want, as much as you want. I hope you make a wedding album out of your own photographs. And then I say this, uh, it's just, I'm not going to let it go to chance. So I'm printing your photographs. The first time you see your pictures is going to be in print form. You're going to be able to hold them. I'm designing an album for you. You're getting one. Okay. And then I immediately just transitioned to talking all about print from that point forward. I don't talk about the digitals one bit. It's just all about print. Okay. So thank you for that. Um, because I find when am I having a conversation about portraits and what I do and, and it, that digital question is not first and foremost in their mind. So it sounds like we're kind of doing the same thing where we're talking about what we value and I'm, I'm guessing the experience and the beauty of the products and, you know, whatever, and mm -hmm. that it's a little side, something that the answer for you is yes. So yeah. says, Hey, do I get them? So are your packages set up? So they include a book. So is there space for ordering more or is your goal to get everything up front and sell them a package that might meet all their needs? Like how do you think through what to offer? Yeah, well, there's a couple. Uh, so meeting all their needs, the, the collection itself will meet all their needs as far as coverage and that kind of stuff. But they, it only includes a, like the base level album. So my aim is to essentially, I heard this from, oh man, what was the guy's name? Control Z was the studio. I don't know if he's still a photographer. Um, I, I just blanked. This was maybe nine years ago. Um, but the, but the aim here is to like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll change up the analogy to give the cake. I'm going to give them a birthday cake, mm -hmm. but the icing, the sprinkles, the candles on top, the balloons, all that's extra, right? So it's who wants a birthday cake without icing or sprinkles or some candles on it to light? Mm -hmm. um, no one. They're like, well, listen, if I got a birthday cake and it's my birthday, <laughs> it's a wedding day. Remember, it's like, hey, let's do this thing. Right. Um, another analogy would be like, hey, who, who wants to get, uh, I'll give you a stock BMW, but it's not going to have tinted windows. It's not even going to have power windows. Uh, we're going to do like just some like cloth uh, interior, the basic level trim, you know? Right. And then it's just simply the question. Just a radio. Just a radio, no CD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so now would you would you like to upgrade to power windows in your BMW? Well, yeah, it's a BMW. So like the albums that we give are incredible albums. They're stunning, they're amazing, they're gorgeous, um, but they're just the base level. They're like, they're just 20 pages, uh, eight by eight linen. There's their, their, that's it. And those are included in every collection. Okay. So then how do collections vary? And I, I know we're, I'm not asking you to like spell out all of your whole thing, but is it by time? Is it by other things? Like how would somebody decide what the right uh, package is? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it certainly for a wedding photography studio, when we're talking about collections, we're talking mostly about what they're getting on the day. And so you've got the variables that exist, like coverage, the amount of photographers that are going to be covering the day, 
the different levels of engagement sessions that they could have, um, uh, even risk removal things like uh, how long will their online gallery be available? How long will their photographs be backed up for online? Mm. Um, to, uh, again, all of them do include like that reveal appointment, that reveal session, the printing of photographs. Um, I edit every picture, you know, uh, all those type of variables. Okay. Yeah. Um, good. Thank you for that. I, um, I'm not sure what I would do, but probably something fairly similar if I were doing full-time weddings again, which I can't imagine uh, <laughs> that energy of, of, you know, three, four times a month going to weddings and all that that is involved. Um, but sure. so, so you still have a team though, your business is is yeah, it's a team of two right now. So there's two photographers, there's myself, and then there's another photographer. Mm -hmm. You think as, as we are looking at COVID way in our rear view mirror, you'll go back to. Nope. 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 I just don't want that life. You know, we downsized the team before COVID um, when my boys were born. So again, I got twins um, and my kids are, uh, they're young, but they're now getting into all the sports and the athletics and the school. And when you've got a team of photographers, um, not only are you managing that team, but you're also, you know, you're responsible to manage those clients, mm -hmm. um, everything else in between. And so for me, it was just a choice of, of what I want my life to look like. And the really cool thing about having your own business is you get to just change it. You can increase right. your prices. You can decrease your prices. You can add on people, take away people. It's like, you get to, uh, create a studio that allows you to design exactly what you want. And so for me, I just realized that it, it was great. It was fine, but it just wasn't giving me the results that I wanted in my personal life. And so I just switched it up. And you are so uh, supportive of other photographers and have your, your teaching programs and your podcasts and everything. So I imagine with the twins and the weddings that I can see how uh, that might be more uh, kind of how you want your life to be. Is I sure? My, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm always going to be a photographer. I know that I enjoy it too much, so I'm always going to have my year full of weddings. Um, but to be able to still host the podcast and to still do free coaching for photographers every week and to still host the workshops and the stuff that I want to do, yeah, I I just can't. I've discovered that I, I don't enjoy also managing. I mean, at one point we had 90 weddings, right? It's like, I don't enjoy managing Ooh. 90 different clients. Yeah. The photographers that have to photograph all those. And, and candidly, the liability that goes behind that, because when you've got 90 weddings booked for next year, and then one of your photographers on your team says, Hey, I'm out. And the 25 clients that they had now don't have a photographer, where does the liability fall? It's like, right. it falls on the business <laughs> side. So there's this like a degree also of like, ah, I don't really want that in my life anymore. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm going to switch it up. Got it. Yeah. And one of my clients has created a business where she's got now two studios. I think the second one's opening soon and she absolutely loves the people management and it does like 60 pet photography sessions a month. And so, yeah, there's a, that's the cool thing about this business is what I love what you said. It's our business. We can create it the way we want it. So, mm -hmm. yes. Okay. So I know you have amazing things to share under the heading of 
chain reaction marketing. So can we uh, jump into that conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, as we're talking about chain reaction marketing, let's talk about what it is and maybe where it came about to help to draw a distinction. As I've been coaching photographers the last seven years, there's so many things that we're doing um, between, I mean, goodness, and maybe you do some of these, maybe you don't. Oh, good. I'll just throw out a number of things. It's like, well, we write blog posts so that way we can rank organically on SEO. We post to Instagram and our social media feed to hopefully attract clients who social, um, we prospect, we DM, we reach out, um, we produce reels. It's like all the things on Instagram. We, um, we network with other vendors. We build those relationships to get referrals. Speaking of referrals, it's like we're pouring into our, our clients to get referrals from the, the past clients that we photograph. We're doing all these things. And what I noticed is between all of those things, it's so easy to get burnout. It's so easy to have all of these marketing efforts just feel like um, sometimes they're a hit and sometimes I just feel like I'm just kind of like banging my head against a wall. And as I got in there with photographers, I was noticing that many of them are these isolated marketing efforts. Um, so maybe what I'll do is I'll explain like my number one rule of marketing. My number one rule of marketing is this, that if your marketing effort, the thing that you're about to put energy or money into to get clients, if it is one dimensional, when I say one dimensional, what I mean is like, it's designed to just go do this thing. Like for example, let's say a bridal show, right? I'm going to go do a bridal show to hopefully get some clients at that bridal show. That is a one dimensional, a way to approach bridal shows. Okay. So if it's one dimensional, then it's either inefficient and you should not do it, Lucy, mm -hmm. or more likely you just haven't thoroughly thought through the plan, right? Yes. And so with this being said, as I was, um, as I've been coaching photographers, I've just noticed so many of the things that they're doing within their marketing are one dimensional. It's like they're posting on Instagram to hopefully get people just on Instagram to contact them and to be aware of their business or, or they're, or they're posting blog posts just to, for the SEO sake. And it's just one dimensional approach after one dimensional approach. And, and so I want you to imagine that you have a, a, a bunch of those marketing efforts. It's just like a single domino just kind of toppling over mm -hmm. a single domino dip, dip, dip. And they're just little blips is really all it is. It's a blip. It's a blip and another blip and another blip and a great visual for you to understand chain reaction marketing would maybe come from like a movie or a cartoon. And I feel like it's, it's the visual has been used in so many. And so I'll give a generic example of like, uh, maybe it's a character and they walk into a museum and as they're walking to a museum, maybe it's a comedy show or something, and it's a clumsy character, and you already know where this is going to go. And the, you know, the person at the museum says, hey, be very, very careful. And then the character, they just kind of maybe they, they tip over, let's say, uh, a cup. And then the cup knocks over a book. And then the book knocks over a vase. And the vase knocks over a statue. And then the statue knocks over a pillar. And it's just like, boom, boom boom, boom, boom. And at the very end, it's like the pillar that like crashes into like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, like skeletal structure and the whole thing collapses. Well, 
that is a great example of chain reaction marketing, where you do a small little effort, you post to Instagram, but it's not a one-dimensional effort. It's, it's being chained to another marketing effort. And as you do this, it has an exponential growth where eventually it hits this like critical mass where it's just like, boom. And that big Tyrannosaurus Rex falling is like you looking at next year's calendar mm. already booked out, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like beginning of 2021, 2022 is already booked and it's not just booked, but it's booked for like, I mean, in my world as a wedding photographer, you know, $9,400 clients before print sales. So then you tack on another 3000 to that. And we're now at $12,400 clients that I'm booked out for. Is that, is that visual make sense now? Yes. And didn't I see that on a movie recently? Probably. I mean, it's like a, it's a like dinosaur, a including the, I'm trying to remember as you were unfolding that I was like, hi. So Again, I got three kids and they're watching all kinds of shows all yeah, the time. And yeah. it's like, it's always being used in yes. cartoons and shows. It is, uh, it's ever present. Oh, yeah. I love Lucy. Uh, so many. Um, so the one that I can think of in, in my business relation, in relation to weddings is when I did a bridal show, at least half of my reason to be there was the vendors and the mm -hmm. relationships. And that when I had any conversation with a bride in my booth, I would ask who, what else they might be looking for. And I would say, well, you gotta go check out so-and-so they're, they're across the way, tell them I said, hi, go taste it. Uh, Flower Powers cakes, that's the, the, she and I basically built our businesses together by referring each other in our first few years of business. And, and I walked around and I met people and uh, sent, brought them to my booth and invited them to come sit. So that's, that's the direct connection that I, that I kind of put in my mind when I hear you say this. So can you, can you, um, so that's kind of what you, some of what you're talking about, right? Yeah, that's that's a great, you know, that could be like one link. Um, let's, let's, let's just keep playing out the bridal show thing. It's like, um, okay, so you're at a bridal show. Um, it's great. So maybe before the show ever starts, you could uh, strategize with other vendors to go in um, as, as almost like partners into the show. And so maybe you could strategically plan that one of you is going to be across from the other and then side by side with a few others. And you're almost going to own this little pocket ah. of the floor where you're all cycling people. And then maybe at the show you, um, walk around and you do interviews of some of the vendors that are there, quick little audio interviews that you could turn into a podcast, a company with a blog post to build SEO. Um, and then you could do a giveaway at the show as well uh, that you could um, that you could have. And then even, man, sorry, I'm not going off on a huge tangent here, it. but like you could also do, um, you know, if you're getting into like the, the ad side of things, um, you could, uh, target an audience, especially this works well if like you're at a, a big convention center, um, but you could target an audience that's been in this certain location for a, a period of time uh, with your ads. And so if, if it's a massive show that's bringing in thousands of people, um, maybe those people are seeing more of your ads. Like, again, there's just so many ways that you could pull all of this together where it's not just 
a show that you're hoping to get some leads one off who come to your booth and say hi, but after the show's over, you're continuing to remarket to these people. You're continuing to get the inquires from the, uh, from the relationships that you've built at the show, from the blog posts that you've written, all that stuff. And then even from the blog posts, sorry, that you've written, maybe it starts to pick up traction because you've done a little keyword research and you, you title it properly and you build it out uh, uh, well, that you then put a pixel on that. And now as that's taking off and maybe the vendors that you interviewed are sending their audience to that blog post that they were featured on because they're proud of it and they want to showcase that they're an authority in their space. So they, they post it to, you know, social media. Um, now you can remarket to all of those people who go to the blog post. You know what I mean? Like there's this, like, it just boom, boom, boom. It just keeps going. Yes. And so back, back in my day, Ben, uh, we didn't have, of course, internet. We didn't have pixels. We didn't have blog posts. And so you got my mind just buzzing, thinking about all of the things I could have done uh, when I was, uh, you know, really busy wedding photographer to continue, just do what you're saying. I mean, we, we have this luxury of, of a zillion ways to reach people that we didn't have before. So yeah, I love it. I love it. So blog, Instagram prospects, reels, networking, referrals from clients. Those are the things that you mentioned. Can you give another example of chain reaction marketing uh, that you've used in the sweating space? Well, let's maybe even switch it over to um, maybe just considering a marketing effort. Because again, the, my rule of marketing is that if it's one dimensional, then it's either inefficient or more likely is it hasn't been thoroughly thought through. Right. And so maybe let's think through a marketing effort that we could ask some questions about it to think it through more, more fully and to come up with some other ways to kind of introduce the chain reaction approach. So let's talk through what, what would be maybe a marketing effort that we could use as an example? Um, charity events. Okay. So explain that a little bit more again, as a wedding photographer, talk me through oh, okay. what a so charity event would look in. like, kind of play it out. Um, okay. Probably charity events are not the best place to market weddings. So, um, it doesn't have to be weddings. It could be portraiture. It's just, you may have to give me a little bit of help when we're talking portraiture. So I understand what the effort is and, and kind of the ways that it works. Okay. So the, a one-off that I'm sure I'm not alone in not fully using the potentials is to offer a gift certificate that they auction off at a high-end charity event, set up a a display and the person buys it and then I get a new client and hopefully I, I wow them not only with my work, but I inspire them to want to purchase a lot more. And then that can definitely be a one-off thing. And then you go on to the next, looking for the next event. Got it. So these are, this is a charity Market. event and they're raffling off prizes. Raffling. There's People are bidding. They're bidding, got it. So it's, they're auctioning off then uh, different prizes and they're local events. And so there's probably then other high end local community shops also being a part of these. Would that be accurate? Yes. Okay, great. So maybe, you know, you've got the one person who does buy your actual, uh, whatever it is, a voucher, a gift certificate, 
um, that type of thing. Maybe you take a look at all the other vendors who have participated in this charity and you go through to see, okay, out of these vendors, who might also be serving my client? Uh, maybe there's, um, I mean, what are some other examples of vendors who might participate in that? Um, a spa, uh, somebody that sells really nice jewelry and- Love it. Yeah. So even for all those, I mean, especially if you're like a, a, a family photographer, if you're a maternity photographer, so maybe you go to that spot and you say, hey, I'm a part of this auction as well. I'm giving away this session, this experience, I, but I noticed that you were there and um, I think we serve the same client. I think a lot of my clients would love to participate in your spot and maybe vice versa. Um, I would love to actually give you a couple vouchers. Um, and these are as good as cash. And so I, I want you to be able to give these to like your best clients. Um, and so maybe if you have someone who's a regular, if you get someone who comes in, if they would find value in it, um, it's a cash value certificate, um, that you're welcome to, to hand out and just as a gift to them, um, you know, something along those lines, again, I'm kind of, uh, just creating the verbiage as I go here off the cuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but these would be like numbered certificates that you could essentially extend and they, they wouldn't be the whole experience. They wouldn't be the whole thing like that you are raffling or not raffling auctioning. Um, but just a way to continue to build those relationships, uh, and the ask if there's anything that you could do for them. Is there any sort of collateral that you could make sure that your leads receive when they come through your studio? If there's that alignment, you know what I mean? Right. Or could you even, I mean, depending on where the relationship is at, I have no problem going to someone to build a relationship and say, hey, I would like to purchase from you. Uh, a couple cards that I could give to my best clients who I know would, would love your service. Is that something I could do? And so, um, you know, that could be a way to begin the relationship as well. Right. Right. Um, you could also look at those and those vendors really try to find alignment with uh, a group of them and try to bring them together as a sort of team and say, Hey, you guys, I would love to do uh, like we're, we're doing this auction here right now. I would love to do a big giveaway, um, a, a, like a client experience giveaway where they, they get pampered. They get maybe do, they get a little shopping spree with jewelry. They get a spa treatment and then they get a photo session for their family. Um, would you be interested in joining this experience that we could give away? I'm going to run it on Instagram. It's going to build your following. It's going to increase your reach and hopefully your brand awareness. And then these people can come back and also hopefully purchase from you. Mm -hmm. um, and so you could do something like that where you kind of use this as an opportunity of a shared experience to gather a group of vendors to build that type of dream team. I, I love it. I love your brain, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just, I'm right now I'm just riffing here. I'm just yeah, like, man, yeah, how can I, what else can I do with this thing? What I know? also realized that I have missing the boat with the auctions is creating up something where people can get on my mailing list that just yes. stop by and look at it. So maybe a little extra giveaway, a drawing or something. And then, then that whole, um, Ooh, I like the word cascade, a uh, cascade of get them on the mailing list and the Instagram and the blog and, and maybe a, a private Facebook group that caters to the ideal clients. That's not just about, Hey, look at my photography, but mm -hmm. something um, like one of my um, most 
frequent and successful charities is around ovarian cancer. Hmm. And part of it is because I've discovered that the big family groups with, or that my best clients are now women who have young grandchildren or women who want to celebrate their relationship they still have without any of the family. So I could see that I, I could start a Facebook group that kind of supports the community that's supporting certain, uh, you know, certain charities or something. Anyway, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm getting that picture that like the cascade, you know, that like the waterfall that just goes over and over and over and over different levels. Um, yeah, you're really kind of getting my little brain. I'm an idea person. So <laughs> yeah, well, again, it's like, what, what do we do? We document, we create photographs. And so maybe you even document a bit of the auction and right. you, uh, I mean, bare minimum, you could just document it and you could yes, share those images with the, with the host of the auction yes. and, and, um, build that relationship more. Yes. Um, maybe you could, uh, just walk around with a little uh, I mean, your cell phone is an audio recorder and you could just do little audio recordings, little quick little interviews of mm. the vendors that are there. Um, especially if it's for a cause, like the one that you just shared, maybe you could share like what this, you know, what this cause means to them and you can compile those. And just honestly, you can load those up into uh, there's a few different programs, rev.com where it's going to transcribe that audio directly into text. So that way you don't have to sit there and transcribe the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you load up into rev and now you've got this massive blog post that you can also post up and share. Um, and that's value to the, 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 the hosts of the auction. Mm-hmm. It's SEO, it's value. You get to tag all the vendors. You get to share their, you know, share it with them on Instagram. It's like, man, you got so much content that you can do from this one thing. Right. Yes. One of the things I have done is, um, cause I find a buy it now opportunity as opposed to a one-off has brought in more um, money for the charity and more potential clients. And if I, if I can do a buy it now, then I volunteer to do candidates and they're posted on a, on a blog with a link that they get to through my website. So I guess I have been doing some of that, Ben. So can you give me one gold star for it's great. No, I love it. It's awesome. And a lot of this stuff too, it's not super complicated. It's really like self-evident. Mm-hmm. It's just that we, um, it just takes that little extra time, like just to kind of think through, huh, how could I plus one this? And that's maybe a great analogy uh, that I do with photography is when I take a picture, I learned this from Justin and Mary Morantz. I don't believe that they're photographers anymore, but um, back in the day, I learned from them that when they take a photograph, they look at the back of their camera and they just ask themselves, what's one thing that I could do? Just one to make this next frame better. Right. And, um, and I think a lot of times, you know, we have this thing, okay, I'm going to do the auction. It's going to be great. And then we just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I challenge you. What, what if you took an hour of your time and just really sat down and asked, okay, how could I make this one effort go so much further? Because to be honest, some of the things that, that, 
could make this uh, approach to this effort like double in its reach or triple or even like the, receive exponential growth, it, it could be something so small, like that wouldn't even take too much of your time. Again, I mean, really, if you were to just walk around with your cell phone and just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be putting together a little blog post celebrating the vendors who are here auctioning off for this charity, I had three questions for you. And you just ask them three questions and you introduce yourself. Now you're building relationships with those people. Mm -hmm. You then load that audio up into rev.com and you get spit out a blog post and then you just press post. <laughs> it's like it, the potential for that, if it were to get picked up and shared by one of those vendors to yeah. reach a whole new set of audience right. um, is immense. And the energy that it required from you would be so little. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I always encourage people that are trying to um, do some networking and build connections to to contribute to the vendor, not just walk in and say, hi, I'm a photographer. Can I put baby pictures on your wall to, you know, let's say a, a baby doctor, but to to create some value to do some things that support them, get known by them. Um, yeah, that just kind of plus, plus, pluses all that potential by, uh, yeah, I love how your mind works, Ben. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so anything else in that? So like for social media, where we're not out in the world actually doing a show or doing a charity, but sitting in our chair, um, do you have a simple example of like uh, an Instagram post, how to create chain reactions? Social almost in some ways to me is almost not always, but almost always like one of the last like chains. It's like one of the last links. It's like the, the thing that you use to share. Cause I mean, again, like in this example of the, uh, of the auction, it's like, okay, so you're going to do all that. And then you're going to get the posts made. And then you're going to share that post on Instagram, or maybe while you're there at the auction, you just do a quick little um, story um, hey, you're at the auction, but instead of saying, hey, I'm at this auction, come and see me where you could um, purchase one of my photo sessions for a great charity, you would walk around and you would say, hey, I'm at this auction and I'm standing in front of uh, Betty Boop Boutique, who's going to be auctioning off an incredible selection. It'd be a great gift to get your wife or someone special in your life. Come by and check them out, right? Like clearly, here, here's the thing we tend to make social media all about us. It's like me, yeah. me, 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 me. And it makes sense. It's good. You should show your face and you should let people know what you're up to on occasion. But I tend to treat um, social media as a billboard for others um, because then it's a way for me to provide value to my clients, but it's also a way for me to provide value to the vendors who are going to give me their clients, <laughs> you know? Um, and so, you know, th those are just maybe a couple of thoughts that I would have is, you know, any post you have is an opportunity to celebrate another vendor who just may have your next booking. Yes. <laughs> what I, what I love about this. Um, so I have a ebook that I mentioned at the start called 10 big ideas for marketing in the real world. And I, chose that to give examples of how to get out there and away from our computers. 
And so I love that you positioned it that that the social media isn't the end all be all, but but the end of a process in your thinking. My, yes, in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, and we could, the, there's debates and not debates, but just like, it all has different purposes, you know, right. like stories, Instagram stories, all about just like sharing your, your, your life, your everyday occurrences, you can do a little selling on Instagram stories, like, you know, so they all have different values, different takeaways. Um, but just posting because you've been told that you need to post every day, it, it might not be helping. Right. I studied, um, well, I listened to a program about Instagram and how to set it up to, to get more action. And I was really surprised at some of the things I learned that were just simple graphics. And uh, a friend of mine used this method where you set it up visually nice and you don't just throw on a bunch of photographs. And her, her audience went from like 60 people to like 2,000 in a couple of weeks when, mm -hmm. when she made some visual changes and, and kept with a form. So I hear what you're saying, just dump in a bunch of stuff on Instagram without a plan. What I think you're saying is it, it can not only not do anything great, but can be a setback potentially. Sure. Yeah. Gosh, Ben, I think we could just keep talking and I keep stimulating that brilliant mind of yours and getting more goodies out of it. Um, but I know you don't have all day. So I have a couple of questions to wrap up. And to my audience, stay tuned for the quick review summary of today, if I can figure out how to kind of compact that into some um, you know, listenable little nuggets. So question one is I know that you have something and you've already mentioned it, that is a gift to everyone. So how do they get to your free workshops? Yeah, so there are a number of workshops that I've held over the last few years um, that are just gold. When I say free workshops, there's no sell at the end of them. They're usually about an hour or so long. Um, but I love to share where your audience um, can go ahead and, and check those out. The, the current, and here's the thing too, the bonuses, I'm going to keep adding any, any workshops that I do, I'll keep adding them to it. So like right now, there's a set of workshops. Um, one includes all of my scripts that I send to uh, my clients, my phone scripts, my email scripts, my text message scripts to my clients. Um, I have a workshop on how to eliminate getting ghosted. I have one all about copywriting, um, how to transform your website into a client converting machine, how to make money with print products without being salesy. So there's a ton of workshops there. If you go to benhartley.com and then free, and then what's the little dash? It's not like a backslash. Yeah, just a dash, <laughs> you know, the little line, the horizontal line. Free, <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Right in the middle, free dash workshops dash all. That is your secret link, benhartley.com forward slash free dash workshops dash all. And it'll take you to a place where you can uh, get access to all of those 
Um, I, I mean, honestly, they're really good. <laughs> so I'm biased, yeah. of course, yeah. but just the feedback that I've seen, I'd love to, uh, to have your audience get a chance to check out that content. Okay. Doke. And the name of your podcast. Yeah. It's the six figure photography podcast. iTunes, Spotify is where you'd find it. And Facebook group is the same, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, so in my Facebook group, I go live for free coaching every week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 3 p.m. Uh, you can see my face there. Um, but if you go to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind, benhartley.com forward slash mastermind, that'll take you right over to my Facebook group. There's over 16,000 photographers that are currently there, close to 17. We're almost at 17. Right. Maybe maybe this podcast will push us over 17,000. Yeah. yeah, there's a number of photographers there. It's a really fantastic community. Um, of like-minded people looking to grow their business, get bookings, maximize profits. So all kinds of ways to get good stuff <laughs> from you. And I know you have a, a program that as I was looking through your website and, the, and all your materials, um, that if you want to hire Ben for more, he does have some potential that I'm sure he'll be happy to tell you about. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the one, so I do a lot of free stuff. And then the one thing I do that's paid is I, I have a course called book solid and it literally is the whole playbook for chain reaction marketing. It's like, okay, so how do you link all of the things that you're doing? It's like, I unpack all the ways to link it all together and give you a full 12 month marketing calendar of, of what you should be doing this month and how it links yeah. to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so that, uh, that's called book solid. It's not currently uh, available right now. So um, there's no sell here. Um, just, I guess, be aware of it in case uh, you see it become available, <laughs> uh, down the road. I, I tend to open up enrollment, um, a couple times a year. And I do that so I can focus on the students who are enrolled. I'm very, very active uh, I, uh, with, the, with the current group of students who are in there. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do that opening and closing of the enrollment so that way I can give them my full attention. Nice. So my last, thank you for that. And all those links are gonna be in the show notes if you haven't uh, discovered the show notes yet. So my last question is, Either is there something that you haven't shared with us that um, you'd be like, oh, I wish we'd have been able to have a minute to talk about that or just a parting thought to leave us with. So what's your what's your last word from Ben Hartley? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Uh, I really appreciate, uh, I really appreciate your listeners just giving their time and attention to this. Nothing else to say, but, but to express my gratitude. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like it. Well, thank you, Ben, so much. I have been looking forward to this for a while, you know, happy that your schedule opened up so that we could take an hour and change out of both of our lives to maybe give some of the listeners some really good things to add to their kind of arsenal of success tools. <laughs> that was a lot of words there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, Ben. So thank you. And everyone, you know, check out all the good stuff Ben's doing, which I don't know when you have time to actually work when you're doing all this, but <laughs> you do. So. <laughs> somehow. All righty. Thanks, Ben. And um, 
I will see you on Six Figure uh, Facebook group for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lucy. Appreciate you. You too. Well, that was so much fun talking to Ben. And um, he's just like, I just think about him like this fountain of, of ideas and wisdom and sharing. And so I'm glad I've been able to at least uh, sit with him and have a chat and share it with you, my darling listeners. So just that reminder, I'd love for you to join my private group, which is The Profitable Photographer in Facebook and like my page, The Profitable Photographer podcast. And then I also have an Instagram and the address there is The Profitable Photographer underscore pod. So stay in touch. Let's um, see how I can continue to support you and your needs and with, you know, whatever it is you need. So get in touch and connect. <laughs> I don't know why I'm, I'm a little uh, babbling today. Maybe it's because it's Wednesday for some reason. Anyway, okay, summary, if I can. So Ben and I talked about uh, how he structures his wedding packages and he gives them all the digitals, but he doesn't make that the big deal or the feature. He includes an album with every wedding and he sets it up so that there's lots of ways to upgrade those albums. And his packages have interesting additions from the beginning. And I think he said once the wedding is done and he does a premiere, then he offers opportunities to add to that packaging. And then we went deep on the concept of chain reaction marketing. And I loved what he said about if we're doing all the things, but they're not connecting to each other, then the, the effectiveness is not as strong and the efforts, um, uh, this is me paraphrasing, but that the efforts would be a lot, a lot more work than if we have a plan. And he talked about it being like dominoes or like in a movie or something where somebody uh, knocks one little thing over and that creates something else to break, which creates another something and something and all of a sudden the dinosaur falls on your head. And I'm still gonna have to figure out what movie that was that I watched where a dinosaur fell on someone's head. <laughs> but um, that if we do that in any marketing effort, then um, it, it can, you know, it's layers and layers and layers. And so like, if we're doing a, a bridal show, he talked about all kinds of ways that we could, um, use the opportunity not just to talk to brides but to support other vendors and things like walking around doing little quick interviews posting those on instagram or a blog post um, setting those up with keywords that supports those vendors so the vendors are going to see it and then we create relationships. So that was one piece. And then we talked about how charity auctions, his ideas for how uh, an event 
can be turned into a multi-layer uh, event that supports our business. And I just absolutely love that kind of thinking. And I thought it was interesting that he said, in general, when he's doing these chain reaction marketing plans, social media is a last link in all of this. And that if we don't make all of our marketing about us, but a billboard for others that provide value, then it's going to come back to us. So I want to thank Ben again for being on the show. And if you love what you heard, let him know that you appreciated his time and his wisdom and check out his free workshops. And of course, I'd love for you to join us next week on The Profitable Photographer. Bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.